This is an NC Baptist resource. For more, visit ncbaptist.org. Welcome to the NC Baptist Podcast, the podcast designed to engage with ministry leaders around topics that will explore approaches and resources to help us be on mission together. It's because of your generosity that this resource is available. Learn more at ncbaptist.org slash give or contact us at communications at ncbaptist.org. Welcome to the NC Baptist Podcast. I am Todd Unzicker, and I want all of you who are listening to know that you should be excited because with me as our guest today on the NC Baptist Podcast is one of the best leaders in our state, Pastor Aaron Wallace of Hebsaba Baptist Church in Wendell, and a great friend of mine. Aaron, thank you so much. You are a busy guy and a great leader, a great friend. Thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Brother, it's good to be here with you guys. We love the work of the State Convention, and we certainly love you, and glad to help in any way we can. Aaron, do you feel what I'm starting to feel, that there really is a movement happening in North Carolina, and it's because churches are legitimately coming together and partnering together, and they're starting to send. And when we say sending, uh, our listeners know that what we're talking about sending is sending across the street and across the globe and everywhere in between. And there is a real movement we're seeing with Send and See, which you know is our partnership with the North American Mission Board, churches that are now wanting to send their best. They're wanting to send people out. And uh, just to be blunt, it's why you're here today. Because when I think of this, I think of why I'm so thankful for you, Aaron, is that you are leading the way. And I think of Hepzibah Baptist Church and the, the history and the story. Um, sometimes I think people, when they think sending, they think, oh, that's only for those you know, 20,000 person mega church, it does that. But here's Heps of a Baptist church. But I want to hear about that because I think your experience and what God's been doing in and through you and Hepzibah can really translate uh, to a lot of other churches. But before we dive in that, um, for those who don't know you, give us the one minute version. You know, who is Aaron Wallace, the man that, uh, behind the man, the myth, the legend? Well, uh, I've been at Hepzibah for about 25 years. And uh the longevity of, of leading a pastor like that has been absolutely amazing because you get to see the church transformed. You get to see the church begin to grow on mission and, and just see God work a miracle in that place when you have that kind of longevity. Uh, I've been in the Wendell area since I went to seminary. So I came to this area to go to Southeastern um, back in, gosh, I guess that was probably 97. I was a member at Hepzibah for about a year before I came on staff at Hepzibah Beginnings. What was your first role? My first role was student ministry. I did that for about six, seven years. Okay. Loved it. And again, the generational look at the church from being there, you know, I'm baptizing the kids of kids I baptized. Right. And so it's just amazing. <laughs> and most of our church plants, those folks are the the kids that were in our student ministry that have wow. gone to lead these plants. So it's just been an amazing thing. I, I came to go to school and I have been in this area ever since. I hope to finish my ministry here at Hepsburg got a wife named Melanie. She's, you know, you know. The got, finest baker in the state of North Carolina. I'll just say that right now. You know, she's my rock, and uh, God has just given me a great gift in her. I've got two beautiful daughters as well, and I just lead an amazing church. So, yeah. praise the Lord. Well, it is an amazing church, and it's not just amazing in the ministries of that church, but you guys have been not only baptizing a lot, which we'll talk about, but you guys have been sending and planting churches. Um, you guys have been seeing transformational discipleship actually through the sending culture. So 
tell us a little bit, what brought your church to the point of deciding like, okay, we got to start sending out? Well, biblically, I mean, if you're reading the Bible, uh, he says that just as he's been sent, he's sending us the Great Commission. Everywhere you look in Scripture, all throughout the book of Acts, uh, we realize that we're supposed to be a people who are moving and advancing the gospel not just in our community, to the ends of the earth. And so obviously, you know, the further I began to go in ministry and the more I read the scripture as a pastor, I just realized that there was transformation needed in our churches. And for Hepzibah, when I when I got there, it wasn't that Hepzibah didn't have in many ways some, some healthy things going on, but people of my generation and pastors of my generation, as well as uh, Hepzibah, I think they had been steeped in a culture of church growth movement where everything is about the campus, everything is about the budget and the buildings and the programs and uh, just building uh, on these campuses versus really looking at how do we make an impact in our community to the ends of the earth by sending and by making strong disciples. And so for us, that was the biggest transition was um, we wanted to get healthy. That's the key to any revitalization and to, for God to really use us. He will use a chipped cup. He will use a, a cup with a crack in it. But nobody wants to drink out of a filthy cup, right? And we've right. got to be healthy, and, and we've got to be honoring the Lord and growing in our faith. And as the church became healthy, discipleship obviously was part of that health. And, and I believe that all revitalization ends in church planting. The goal is not just to become healthy, but to become a church that's on, on mission. And so yep. disciples make disciples make disciples. And so we engage the city. We make disciples. We plant churches, and uh, I've just seen God do that at Hepzibah. And so uh, it was probably back in 2020 that God really began to stir my heart that we were ready to begin planting. We had no idea yeah. COVID was coming. But when we began to think through what God was going to do, uh, we realized that the area around Hepzibah, Wendell, Nightdale, Zebulon, it is booming. It is growing. It's some of the fastest-growing communities in the state of North Carolina and really in some ways in the country. And the vision that God really laid on my heart was planting 20 churches in 20 years, really in a 20-mile radius of our fellowship, wow. because we realize that that it's going to be needed to reach the people that are coming. 20 churches, 20 years within 20 miles. Uh, I'm writing that down because that sounds absolutely amazing. I remember what God's Word says, that without vision, the people perish, and that's that's a vision. So you know, for our listeners... Um, ask God to give dreams and visions. Yes. Ask him to give this for this. I would say I had a chance to be at Hepzibah Baptist Church a couple weekends ago, and it became it was so clear to me, Aaron, like I walk in and I'm kind of like, you can tell what a church thinks about and what it's about when you walk in. And when I walk in and I the first prominent thing I saw was the mission center. Right. And it was this whole, um, it was their lobby, essentially, um, where it showed all of the opportunities and what God was doing around the world. I mean, this big map. A lot of churches have things like that, but they're usually tucked in a room or down a hallway or something like that. And I always think of that principle that many people, you know, I've, I've got my phone out here and, you know, if you open up my phone, I've got all of these different apps that are here. And most people treat sending, treat missions as an app on their phone when really it should be the operating system. Mm-hmm. And that um, missions and sending is not a department of the church. It is the heartbeat of a church. And then it just keeps going on. You were telling me right before we got started this awesome story of one of your planters and partnering up with our collegiate director, Alex Hugo. Can you 
start that story over again and finish that uh, because that was that was incredible. Yeah, was Bridge, Bridgepoint was our second church plant. It is in okay. the area of Nightdale, mm-hmm. and uh, they just began in January. And God's been doing an amazing work. Josh Howard is the pastor that God led to us. Typically, uh, we do a lot of trying to raise up our staffing and our folks that we're going to be sending to the plants. We try to raise that up internal. Josh kind of was a gift to us. Uh, we found out that, man, he is so like-minded, so ready, so prepared for ministry and ready to launch. Uh, our goal, you know, we told you early on, it's supposed to be one church every five years that we would plant. Our plants would plant every five years. And uh, we planted Shine the second year God was laying he put Josh in our lap and it's just we, we knew we had to go and so Josh has been there and he is number one he's a, an amazing networker not just in the realm of other churches and planters but the community and mm-hmm. he is passionate about getting outside the walls of that building and making disciples in that community and so he wanted to talk to Alex about uh, this campus that we have coming 70,000 students are coming to a wake tech campus that they'll be completing at the end of this year opening in 2024 and he's already you know it's on the radar how do we reach this campus how do we get in there and see people one to christ and in the midst of that conversation he was sharing with alex how god was doing amazing things where we had a gentleman who just literally was walking by the church uh, they meet in a strip mall and he was coming, I guess, out of the food line there and was walking by. And the Holy Spirit just impressed upon this guy that he needed to walk into this church. And uh, as he walked in, he hears the gospel and the church family are obviously reaching out to him and wanting to get to know him and uh, just showing this kindness to him. And he hears the gospel and he gets saved and he gets baptized. Wow. And um, I just see the Lord rewarding Josh's heart to get in this community and not wait for people to come, but they're getting out there, they're hitting the doors, they are meeting with the leaders of the town, and God is just, I think, rewarding by just bringing people in off the street as well. And uh, it's just it's just an amazing thing how God grows. He'll honor the commitment uh, to make disciples. Yeah, I often tell our staff that generosity is contagious and so is stinginess. Everybody talks about wanting to be a sending church, but there's a real cost in that. You're sending out your best leaders. Yes. You're sending out your best people. I mean, people who tend to go with a church plant, they don't tend to be the bad ones. You know, They tend to be the ones who are giving a lot. They tend to be Sunday school teachers. They tend to be volunteers and kids and students and those kind of things. But yet at the same time, HEPSIP has been growing. Where do you see that correlation? Well, number one, you can't outgive God. I mean, that, that's the most basic truth is that we have a God who graciously pours in and, and he asks us to have faith. At the end of the day, that, that's the thing that we cling to is this isn't what we'll accomplish. It, it's what he wants to accomplish through us. So having, you know, I was just sharing with all the staff yesterday, you know, this idea in Matthew 17 where, where God tells his disciples, they say, look, we tried to heal this kid and we couldn't heal him. And they, the father came to Jesus and Jesus heals the young man. And so the disciples are like, you know, you sent us out in chapter 10, yeah. you sent us two by two. And we went out in your power and your strength. I can't imagine being the disciples at that moment. The Messiah tells them, look, you're going to go out and not just preach the gospel, but you're going to heal the sick. And and he sends them to do the things that he's doing. I can imagine the discussion as they were leaving and walking away. And how are we going to do this? This is impossible. We're not Jesus. You know, and I just, you know, putting yourself in their position. Yeah. And then you get to Matthew 17 and they're struggling. I think it was because they began to take back onto themselves the weight of that ministry, you know, I think they began to see themselves as the ones that were making it happen. And so Jesus says to them, you know, you know, where's your faith? And if you have the faith of a mustard seed, I don't think it was the quantity. I think I think it had to do with you, you've gotten your eyes off the object hmm. 
of your faith. Put your eyes on me. Any of the obstacles that are in front of you, you can tell a mountain, get up and cast it into the sea and, and it'll happen. And I think that's the principle that we operate off of is we want God to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. Mm-hmm. And so the first obstacle, I think, for most churches is how can I plant? It's going to cost too much. We're going to give too much. And they start to try to manage what God can or cannot do, what he will or will not do. And so when we talk to churches our size, they're like, we don't have the budget. We don't have the people. And they start to ask, well, how large is your church? And when I tell them, you know, we're four fifty five hundred people, um, they're like, well, how do you send as many people? And I said, well, listen, as quick as we send – God brings them back. We yep. sent 90 into Shine, the first church plant. Um, wow. And for a church our size, that's a huge— That's like 20%. That's like 20% of the church. Um, we sent—you know, we paid not only the salary for the planter, we sent over $182,000 in givers as wow. well. You know, with Bridgepoint, uh, we had a little more longer ramp up to yep. it, and we sent another 40. With Middlesex, we've sent another 40 that have gone uh, to help with that revitalization— and what we have found is with everybody that we send, immediately God replaces. There has not been one budget year. And and you have to remember, we did all of this in COVID. Our first wow. church plant was three weeks before COVID hit. Wow. And he has sustained and blessed and multiplied. And increased. And increased <laughs> throughout it all. The first, the first week that we sent Shine out, uh, our church was asking the same question. How can we give that much? Right. And what's, what's going to happen to us? The first week after Shine launched – we had the largest attendance in the history of our church outside of an Easter Sunday after we sent 90 out in the biggest budget week that we'd ever had. And every time we've launched, that's what we've seen. This year, we're going into summer. I've been at Hepsi for 25 years. I've never gone into summer where we are $100,000 cash ahead and about 8000 ahead of budget. Usually, yep. we're, we're, we're figuring out how we're going to get through summer. How are we going to make ends meet? You know, just clawing wow. away. And, and that's what he does. Well, as Mary Johnson, our director of students, would say, go God. Yeah, amen. Um, I mean, that is that – is, I want to just sum that up a minute. And when, I hope everybody heard that. Hepzibah Baptist Church, 450 people, for their first plant, first time sending, they gave away 20% of their people, about 20% of their budget. And the weekend after that, the first weekend that Shine Planted, they actually had their highest attended. That just shows that – you, the saying you can't outgive God is is true. Often pastors will use that with their people, but maybe our people aren't giving of themselves and their resources because they aren't seeing church leadership do it. And uh, what a great example of that. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we are going to talk about revitalization. We're going to talk about baptism and more with Aaron Wallace of Hepzibah Baptist Church, because there's a pretty cool story that's coming up that I want to share with us. We'll take a quick break. Every year, churches across North Carolina give generously to missions through the North Carolina Missions Offering. NCMO helps support the work of church planters, disaster relief workers, and other ministries. It helps fuel missions efforts that extend across the state and around the world. Your gift to NCMO provides relief for today and hope for tomorrow to those who need it most. Because of your generosity, thousands are able to receive care for their needs and hear the message of the gospel. Give today at givencmo.com. North Carolina Missions Offering, if you want to give to that, 
and you want to see the kingdom advanced, more churches planted, more churches revitalized, disaster relief. What we are talking about today is church planting. If you like what this is, that is because of the generosity of people like you. Um, Aaron, we have talked about church planting. We have talked about you can't outgive God. There's also a lot of struggling churches that are out there. And so church revitalization is a big talk. I can remember when I was in seminary, I can remember there was this uh, guys would talk in, in the scope of you were either going to be a planter or you were going to be a revitalizer. But I think what you're seeing is it's not an either or right now because so many plants become a part of a revitalization. Uh, talk to us about where revitalization has fit in your sending DNA at Hepzibah Baptist Church. Well, when we talked about this 2020 vision, we knew that that this was going to look different, that there were going to be opportunities for us to plant in these communities brand new churches. But we also recognized that there were many churches around us that that needed revitalization. At the end of the day, my heart is really more towards revitalization. Like, I don't really consider myself a church planter. My heart is seeing God take these churches. Because one thing we didn't say about Hepzibah, Hepzibah is 213 years old. Wow. It started in 1809, and so we're kind of like Sarah, right? You know, can there be life? Can there be a, a, a church birthed out of a church that should be not birthing churches, right? We have the distinction. I think uh, I saw an article one time that said we were the oldest reproducing church in America. Really? <laughs> so, yeah, it really was. It came out of that um, – Outreach Magazine? Outreach Magazine yeah, yeah. did it, and there was a little thing in there. Wow. And, and so we thought that was just kind of funny that here we are, this church that old, really begin to see – church like that uh, being birthed. And so we want to see it replicated because if it can happen with us, it can happen with any church in this state. And so we recognized around us in the community that there were churches struggling. We, we kind of got eyes on Middlesex Baptist Church uh, because I became familiar with a pastor that just left there. And he said, what they need is another church to come along beside them if they would be willing and, and let them help them be revitalized. So I called the state convention. I talked to uh, Terry Long, yep. uh, Mike Sowers. Our church Sowers. revitalization director. Yeah, some Mike of your great Sowers, commission great catalysts. Yep. Uh, we talked to them, and I said, listen, I don't want to approach them myself because I don't want them to think that we're circling out there like vultures over this church that yeah. we could pick up the campus or it becomes Hepzibah yeah. East for us or something. I said, we really want to help them revitalize but maintain their autonomous church status. I said, we're not looking to build our campus. And so they went out and they offered to assess that church and they knew that they were struggling. They knew they needed help because of what the pastor said. And um, as they went out and, and assessed that church, the people became aware that we need help. And so what we came in and did at Hepzibah was we, we said to them, our goal is not to take over. Our goal is to help you be revitalized. We promised them from the beginning that we're going to come to the table and we're only going to give. We're going to take nothing. We're going to give all that we can to help you revitalize. So we started what we call an adoption process. You, you have kind of this thing yep. from fostering to a full replant. We chose adoption because we were going to bring them into this family, this network of churches. And we said our goal at the end of this is not that you would remain, not that you would keep the doors open. We want to see you a church that is so healthy that you will want to go out and revitalize other churches that in this five, you know, we want you in that five-year cycle where you're going to reproduce. And so we're going to send you people. We're going to send you staffing, um, whatever it is that you need. We're going to work with you for one year 
Um, and that was our commitment to them. We wrote an MOU with them uh, and we made commitments uh, with them financially. I think our church and, and not just our church, but this is how the network goes. Shine Community has been involved in this. From the beginning, it wasn't wow. just Hepzibah, but we went in and said, Shine, and uh, we're going to come together. Shine's three and a half years old at this point. That's your first plant. That's our first plant. So and, in other words, Hepzibah, yeah. which is the oldest reproducing church in America, and its first church plant are now helping a revitalization. A revitalization in a small community uh, just outside of Wendell. And so it's been an amazing thing. They sent people from their church. We sent people from our church. We sent staffing. We sent dollars. The state convention, we are very appreciative because people always ask, you know, how do we get involved? What can the state convention do? How do you help churches? Um, And I appreciate the vision you've brought to the state convention because you've said, listen, plan A is the church. God's going to work through his churches. We want to put fuel on the fire of what God is doing out there. And and I hope people realize that if they will come to the state convention and utilize the Great Commission catalyst, utilize people like Terry Long and revitalization, that there are these partnerships that come about. And everything in our church, uh, when I introduced you a few Sundays ago, I meant what I said, literally. Most of our international partnerships, we have about 15 around the world, our UPGs, all these things. If it wasn't for the state convention, many of those partnerships, we mm-hmm. wouldn't have them. Um, our church planting efforts. You've given us the training. You've given us the resources. You've come in and helped us do this. So really, it's been the convention. It's been Shine. It's been Hepzibah coming together. And we're seeing God move. And in three months at Middlesex, we have seen the church triple in its attendance. We've seen its budgets triple. Um, They are putting forward a budget. When we came in, they were around a $70,000 budget. They're able to present a $200,000 budget, we hope, in the coming weeks. That's very missional. They are wow. determined to hit every door in Middlesex to share the gospel with everybody in that community. They're looking at the possibility of a Hispanic church plant. And the folks that we went in with, Todd, I love this thought. Um, these guys that uh, were part of this church, they're chairman of deacons, yep. uh, some of their leaders that are on this team that's really helping lead for this year. Yep. They've already said, we never could have dreamed or imagined what God would do bringing these churches together. When you're ready, we're ready to go out and find another church and help them to believe that it can be done there too and we'll go wow. do there what has happened here. Wow. And so that's what we're aiming at. That's what we want is reproduction, not not just keep them alive. Yep. How do we keep them advancing the gospel and, and the kingdom? That is that's like the best story I've heard in a while, and I've heard some really amazing ones. Um we've talked a lot about kingdom. We've talked about church planting, we've talked about revitalization. Um, let's talk about Hepzibah and baptism. Certainly, God has been bringing more people. God has been bringing more money. The more you give away, the more he seems to give you. What are you guys seeing in terms of the waters of your own baptismal tank being stirred? I know you guys were one of the churches that participated and recognized Baptism Sunday and then did fill the tank. By the way, Aaron, I don't know if you are aware of this. We saw, Aaron, more than 1,500 people baptized on Baptism Sunday across our state. That is the second highest single-day reported baptisms in the history of the state of North Carolina. Yes, sir. Um, by the way, the previous high was the last time we yeah. did it, uh, which is pretty exciting. But talk about baptisms, what you guys are seeing God doing at Hepzibah with baptism. Well, number one, like we said, the growth continues to come. Um, one of the things I think that is the unintended consequence of, of planting and, and doing some things that you don't even realize what's happening is that this established church begins to see ministry differently because of the church planters that are going out from it. And, and what I mean is 
our church plants challenge us to look at our community differently, how we're impacting it, how we're reaching it. You know, I believe that what has happened and what has occurred is as we've seen the example of the plants that we've put out, it's challenging us to think differently and operate more like a church plant, less like an established church that depends on programs or depends on uh, ministries or buildings or any of these things. And, And what I'm seeing is that our people are becoming more passionate about getting outside of the walls of the church, less of a come and see, more of a we've got to go. And it's not even just our church plants and our revitalizations. It's the mission partnerships. We chose very carefully every one of those 15 partners around the world that we want them to have a strong discipleship strategy before we get there. We want to be around guys that are planting and multiplying churches because I could preach all day long to Hepzibah about outreach and, and evangelism and going they need to be able to see it. They need to put hands on it and witness it and experience it. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of what we developed at Hepzibah, we started with our mission partnerships, our going around the world, um, because they were able to rub elbows with some of the best planters, missionaries, uh, both through North American Mission Board, through the IMB, mm-hmm. in places everywhere around the world. Yep. And and it changed our church. And it made us go, wow, we've got to do things differently. And so the result of that is obviously going to be people coming to Christ. And so we've seen more baptisms. I want to say this, too, because it's not just a Hepzibah story. What really is amazing is Hepzibah is tracking a little bit ahead of where we are normally with baptisms. But when you throw in that God has brought these four churches together, on Easter Sunday this year, we had 1,300 people between the campuses. And for us in those communities, that's huge. Yes, um, It's incredible, really. And I told Hepsa when we started this process, the difficulty of seeing our church grow on the campus it's at to 4,000 people. But I said, but if we can plant 20 churches that have reached, right. have reached 200 people, we can get there much quicker. Yep. And that was our strategy. But the baptisms right now, I just talked to the planners uh, this morning, knowing I was coming up here. And, and what was amazing to me was normally Hepsa averaged 35 baptisms a year, roughly. Already this year, between all of the church plants and the revitalization, we are seeing at the halfway point in the year that we are already exceeding 48 baptisms between those churches at the halfway point in the year. So we could have a year between the churches that will double or triple wow. where we are as an individual. Exponential church. growth. Exponential growth. And that's God's math, right? Wow. Listeners, you are hearing exactly what I meant when I said one of the finest leaders in North Carolina that I know. Um, We've talked a lot of things, revitalization, baptism, church planning, mission sending. Um, What's one thing you would say to every church leader or pastor who is listening right now as we close? We're called to take a risk. Hmm. we got to get out of what's comfortable. We've got to get out of what we can do in our own strength and our own power and what we can see with our own eyes, and we've got to let – God set a, a vision and direction for us. And so for many people, it's just telling them. Uh, it's it's like uh, when Melanie and I were thinking about having kids. I remember we kept saying to ourselves and to everybody, we just don't think we're ready. We just don't think we're ready. And one day this little nice, sweet old lady walked up to me and she pulled me aside and she said, I need to tell you something, young man. And I, you know, I was a youth pastor at this point. I said, what's that? And she said, if you're waiting to be ready, you'll wait forever. You'll never have a kid. Trust God. Allow him to grow your family. And and I remember that just resonated in my heart as a husband and, and as a soon-to-be dad at that point. And I think with churches, it's the same exact thing, that we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And God is saying, go, 
Trust me, I'll provide. You may not know this. Uh, the elephant in the room with Hepzibah Airball and say, well, what in the world does Hepzibah mean? And I always have guys say, wouldn't it be better to change the name of your church? Uh, because, you know, is that going to yeah. be welcoming or whatever? Right. Let me tell you what Hepzibah means. Out of Isaiah 62, verse 4. The children of Israel have been scattered, right? The Assyrians have come in. They've already gone into exiling. And God, through the prophet, looked at them and he said to them, listen, you've been called desolate. I look and I see this barren wasteland, right? And he says to them, but there is a day coming when I will bring you back. And in that moment, I'm going to call you Hepzibah, which means my delight is in her. It is a a picture of God's Mm -hmm. protection. It's a picture that that God is going to put his favor on them again, not because of them, but because of his covenant, because of his promise. And and he says, I'm going to bring you back. And Hepzibah literally means my delight is in her. Mm. Wow. And... I want people to understand that God takes dead things and he makes them alive again. And God takes things that look like they're impossible and he makes them possible. And so don't wait. Take a risk. Uh, Believe. Trust God. Change your priorities. There are things that pastors need to do to bring health to the church and unity to the church and direction and vision to the church. And there are certainly decisions that we make to prioritize finances and those things. But the reality is if you're waiting to feel ready or you're waiting to see it, then you're not walking in faith. Wow. And so go. Man, that is good. God delights in her. Yes. My delight is in her. Well, we are delighted that you were here with us and uh, delighted to have you as a friend and as a partner. Thank you for joining us today, Aaron. Thank Um, you for the invitation. This is fantastic. Uh, Listen, to our listeners, if you are considering that your church may need some revitalization, listen to me very carefully. Don't wait. Pull out your phone. You probably already have it out. Go to ncbaptist.org forward slash revitalize and simply take the revitalization assessment today. That's an assessment that from some experts is going to give you a gauge of kind of where your church is and what maybe your next steps and resources are. And these services are made available at no cost because of your generosity to NC Baptist churches. And maybe you're listening to the podcast today and you're hearing what Aaron's been talking about, how to be a sending church. Your church can be ready to gain by losing. And you can learn more about SendNC at SendNC.org. And if you want to plant, send, revitalize, whatever you need, you can always just simply reach out to us at ncbaptist.org. You can listen to more NC Baptist podcasts just like this one at ncbaptist.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for joining us today. Because of your generosity to NC Baptist, this podcast, along with other helpful resources, are made available for you. Learn more by visiting ncbaptist.org slash give.